Welcome to Collector's Quest, episode 76. On this episode, we talk about family-friendly Halloween games. Like every week, if you like what we're doing, go ahead, share us on social media, and even better, go to wherever you listen to our show, hit the like button, give us five stars, and give us a review. That's the best. Thanks very much. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat here with Johnny and Tyler. Hey, Kat. How's it going? Good. Hey, Tyler. Hey. Johnny, you're in the middle. That means in marketing terms that you're most likely to be forgotten by our listeners. Are you throwing the fact I just threw out back at me? What fact? Were we recording then? I don't know. I, I just we, heard the lead-in from Kat, so I think the episode started there. Uh, you know what? It is actually recorded, but hey, guess what? Now you get to edit this episode and you can decide whether it makes the cut. Well, guess what? It won't, and then it'll look like I made up that fact for you. Okay, cool. But no one will believe it. Well, Johnny, you're memorable by your rants anyway, so I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I, I mean, maybe I'm a little worried about it. God, I'm feeling very insecure. You'll be okay. Okay, thank God. Thank God. It's gonna be fine. Don't uh, cry in the corner. Uh, I'm not. It's hey, be okay. Guys, I want you to know that you're all being a bag of dicks right now. Well, that's not very family-friendly. Yeah. Things like that are why people are going to remember you, because you say, guys, you're being a bag of dicks, and you're, you're throwing off the censors, making us iTunes explicit. Listen, I, it could have been worse. I could have called you a bag of baby dicks. Okay, all right, no, we'll back up enough. Onward! Well, hey, look, I was just pointing out it wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. Anyways, that is, we're way off topic, because this is supposed to be a family-friendly episode, but I do want to throw out, guys, it's birthday week. You're supposed to be nice to me. <laughs> okay, we will, for the rest of the podcast, be really, really, really nice. Uh, don't make Unless it... you bring up any bad video games, in which case, all bets are off. Oh, I'm bringing up, this, this episode is full of bad, yet wonderful video games, because this episode is all about cat-friendly video games, or... Uh, cat-friendly Halloween video games slash family-friendly video games because Cat is a, a scaredy cat of video games and does not play survival horror games much. No, that's true. And because we've got a lot of parents who listen to Collector's Quest who want to know what Halloween games to give their kids. Uh, that That as well, and we will also throw in our normal amount of collector's information as well, just uh, so you can know whether these things are expensive and not to tell your kids they exist so they don't ask you for like $600 to buy them. Just avoid them. They never existed. You never heard of them. It's like, don't look at it. Right. I'm just going to give a spoiler for the, the content in the episode. A lot of children's horror games are not very expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. If this is something you're super into collecting, guess what? It's not going to break the bank except for one of them or two of them. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, anyways, how are you guys doing? Good foreshadowing. Yes, I have had lots of coffee, so I'm excellent. And Tyler, you've you've slaughtered a goat, and you've made your ritualistic prayers, and you're you've righted your soul, and you're ready to record. I I mean it's Friday. I I don't usually do that stuff on Friday. I'm waiting till the thirteenth for all that. But you know, playing horror games, having a good time. I'm pretty excited to record another episode. Cool. 
All right, so uh, let's begin, and just to surmise again what we're talking about, these are kind of family-friendly games. It's not that they're necessarily collectible. It's not necessarily that they are the best games, but every time you see a list for best Halloween games, it's always like, here's Resident Evil, and here's House of the Dead, and here's games that you're like, seven-year-old can't play, or maybe... Maybe you just don't love gore or being scared, but you want to you wanna partake in the holiday anyways, and you're being made to feel like an outsider because you're too afraid. This is the episode for you. So uh, well, that's, that's the focus. And we can begin with, hey, Kat, why don't you start us off? Okay, well, I'm going to start with one that's family-friendly, but I actually like to play, and it's one that I usually do play Every year at Halloween, sometimes not at Halloween, but I'm going to start with Luigi's Mansion for GameCube. Cat, I've never played Luigi's Mansion, and I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I'm, I'm real sorry to tell everyone that. Okay, so now you have to go play it because you're really missing out and you should experience it. Whether you hate it or not, you should experience it because, I don't know, for me it's a memorable game. Like I remember playing it when I was young, and it does make me think of Halloween. I mean, who doesn't want to suck up a ghost with a vacuum cleaner? I barely even know what Luigi's Mansion is. I think it's like a 2D side-scroller, but you can also kind of move up and down like in a beat-em-up. Like, tell me more about how this game even works, because I've literally know nothing about Luigi's Mansion. I can't believe you honestly have not Seriously, played. nothing. And I had a GameCube when it came out, so I'm just, just weird blank in my gaming history here. Okay, so... Basically, you're going through the mansion, so in each stage you're kind of going through rooms and you're hunting down ghosts and you want to acquire keys and those will get you through locked doors and you deal with some bosses and, and things along the the way. If you like adventure-style games, you'll like it. If you don't like adventure-style games, you probably won't have that enjoyable of a gameplay other than you should play it because you've never played it and if you like nintendo yeah it's a nintendo game so i'm gonna like it because it's not like skyward sword because that's the only bad thing nintendo's ever done so <laughs> so then if you haven't played this then you you really do need to do it it is a little bit more of an adorable game like it's not something that's really scary it is definitely got like a very cute factor to it but it's fun like i feel like people who play games like it we have friends who come over at halloween who don't play games regularly and still like playing it so it's fun for me it's a little bit nostalgic so maybe that kind of overshadows how good the gameplay is but for me i really like it you know the worst thing that nintendo has ever done is not make a luigi's mansion amiibo <laughs> really there isn't one no, um, we've talked about this on the show. This is the one I want. I want Luigi with his stupid vacuum cleaner. And then, like, they finally made a boo. So now I just need Luigi with the vacuum. Yeah, you're missing out then. I can see that. That's fair. I, I feel like that would be lacking. Yeah, and the Luigis they've made are kind of dumb looking. Like, they did do, like, the pretty cool Luigi's Mansion statue, which was a Nintendo club item that was pretty cool. If you guys have seen that, it's kind of expensive now. I regret not owning one, but... Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, Tower, check that out. You've been listening to this show for a long time before you even got here. The this is the only game Cat recommends more than I talked about. Life is strange. So yeah, I mean, I got I'm gonna play Life is Strange too. So oh man, I'll get around to them. I mean, kind of sidebar here, Cat. You're gonna be so excited. The prequel to Life is Strange has been out for a little while. I'm just waiting for all the episodes to come out. Then we can start talking about Life is Strange, the prequel. So you're gonna be... remind me of that, and then I'll be able to talk intelligently with you about it. Yeah, Kat, you're going to be so happy. 
I'm going to sit here and drink a bottle of wine while you two talk about Life is Strange, the second part. <laughs> Cat, you're going to play it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Okay, you remember last time when you're like, you're going to play this, and I played a little bit of it, and I was like, no, and you're like, I you're going to finish it, and I was like, no, and it didn't happen? Cat, I don't remember any of that. Okay, okay, so for everybody out there who says that Johnny's adamant that he doesn't remember this, could you please chime in on Instagram and, you know, remind him maybe? I think this is like the Mandela effect. If you guys aren't familiar with that, go Google it. It's amazing. Uh, reference the Bernstein versus the Bernstein Bears. But I distinctly remember a universe and a world where a cat played Life is Strange and thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. And now you're saying we live in some world where that didn't happen. I don't know if I can get behind that. Anyways, before I, we go down the Mandela effect hole, uh, Tyler, why don't you tell us about your game? Cat, no time to respond. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, my first game that I've got is Haunted House on the Atari 2600. A classic. It is a classic. I bet a lot of people here own it just because it seems to be in every single pile of Atari 2600 games. You can get it complete in box for about nine bucks. And uh, you just play like a little set of eyes that is running around a completely dark mansion and you're looking for an urn and just the whole goal of the game is to find the urn, not get hit by monsters a bunch of times and then bring it back to the beginning of the mansion. They did a remake of it too on the Wii that was released. Yeah, was that any good? Because I feel like anytime they try to remake Atari's old properties, I'm just not interested. Eh, it wasn't very good though. I And I think it was also an Xbox download, probably a PlayStation 3 download as well. Yeah, I played through it though. Uh, I have, I have much, much nostalgia for the original Haunted House. It's one of the games that got me into gaming because it was around Halloween. It was around my birthday, so you know, love it. I just remember the first time I was playing it. I didn't have a manual, so I didn't know what to do. And you go to the sides of the screen, and you're moving up and down floors. But if you don't actually read what to do, and you're just the kind of person who pops the game in, you're gonna have no idea what's going on. And uh, a creepy thing that happens is to see you, you light a match by pressing the button in the game, and then you get like a little light around you, you kind of look like Meatwad. And then if a monster walks into the same room as you, your match goes out, and that's supposed to represent the monster's breath blowing your match out. So the game's a lot creepier when you know what's actually going on. Yeah. Who read manuals? Not me. Manuals are for the weak. Yeah, that's true. Who That Indiana Jones game, who even knows how to play that? What no, no one. Um, yeah, no, great game. And also it, it does have pretty good box art, especially for Atari games, which I find half the art to just be dreadful for. What? Yeah. Have you seen the art to basic programming? It's just like a guy in a spacesuit pressing buttons and it says basic programming and it's I, just the coolest thing. I have seen quite a bit of the art because I have the, the art book for Atari art covers. Have you, have you seen that art book? Yeah, yeah, and it's all amazing. Yeah, that book is pretty awesome. There's a lot of interesting ones because they're like hand-painted. It's just like the ones where they really got generic and cheap on the covers that are dreadful. I mean, it's, they're not worse than Master System box yeah, art. Yeah, I was just about but, to bring that up. Yeah. You want to talk bad box? No, no. That, anyways, okay. And my first one is uh, another nostalgia pull, and I'm going with Fester's Quest for the NES, which is a game that is not very expensive, but it is it is hard the game is hard. If you guys haven't played it, there's like an overworld and you go into sewers and you go into houses and it's kind of a top-down kind of Turtles 1-esque. Maybe more like Zelda is a better way to describe the way the camera kind of looks down on you. It's hard though, yeah, but you know, it's creepy. It's Adam's Family. Adam's Family and Halloween go together like peanut butter and jelly. There's not a lot to say about it. If you haven't played Fester's Quest, then 
you know, you're not a true gamer. I'm sure it's one of the first NES games I ever picked up, and I don't think I've played it for more than 10 minutes. Uh, it is hard, it, hard. It seems really hard. Yeah. Fester's Quest is a, that's a skill tester and a patience tester for sure. But I beat it. It took me a long ass time to beat it too. So Well, I've recently developed more of an appetite for hard games, so yeah. maybe I'll, I'll go back to that this, this October here. Yep. Okay. Kat, what do you have for your second game? Okay, so I'm going to keep the adorable games going. I guess that's the theme of my uh, my list today. And I'm going to go for Casper for the Super Nintendo, which I feel like is a convenient pick since uh, you kind of control Casper, who is followed around by Cat Harvey. So that's kind of interesting that we're, you know, sharing the name and something cute and not Halloween scary, but Halloween. And this is based off the Casper movie, right? Not the Casper cartoon? Yes. Yeah, so it's a it's a budget game. It's a one of the movie license games, you know, just Yeah. So you can expect how that's going to be to play. <laughs> well, and you said the one for the Super Nintendo? Yes. So this is a little bit more expensive if you are looking to stay on the budget side. This might not be the right pick um on eBay for around $90 loose right now. That's Canadian, obviously. I don't know. You guys figure out your own crap down there with your US money. Yeah, and if you want a um if you want a box co- copy for Super Nintendo, be prepared to shell out. That's quite expensive, right, Tyler? Yeah, something like four or $500 right now. I remember this is one of those games that a year or two ago, it just all of a sudden shot up out of nowhere. Like, a lot of these games have been going up since 2012, but uh, Casper shot up four or five times what it used to be worth. Yeah, because it, it was kind of a later re- release Super Nintendo game. I think it came out in 1995. In fact, I have the box here, and I'm looking. Yeah. Copyright 1995. Ooh, the back of the box says, Straight from Hollywood to Haunt Your Super Ness. And that's a, as much as you need to know that you probably don't want to play it. Yep, pretty much. It is, though, also on the Saturn. And it's a little expensive on the Saturn, but not by Saturn standards. So it's, you know, like 40 to $50 on the Saturn. And if you get lucky, you can sometimes find it for like 30 Another way to play it, and it's probably better on the Saturn than the Super Nintendo, to be honest. I wouldn't know. I haven't played it. Uh, well, you should check it out. Anyway, so Casper. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, a Christina Ricci game. And if we were referencing The Addams Family, also a Christina Ricci movie from around the same era. Yeah. Big fans of Christina Ricci on the show, I guess. Her and her five head. <laughs> That's uh, because forehead, but she's got so much extra. So five head. Anyways, next game. All right, my next game, I've got Pajama Sam, No Need to Hide When It's Dark Outside, which is a 1996 PC game, which somehow got ported to Wii in the early 2000s or mid-2000s as well. But it's also on the PlayStation. There's something on PlayStation. It's not Pajama Sam, No Need to Hide When It's Dark Outside. Johnny, tell Uh, me what's on PlayStation. I I don't know. I just know it's on PlayStation. Yeah, There's something, yeah. I just remember there's a Pajama Sam on PlayStation. It's a beloved series. I think there are four games, but I'm specifically talking about the first one because it's a good jumping in point and it's also the only one I've played. It's about a kid who's scared of the dark and then he goes into his closet and becomes a superhero and he's off to find the darkness. And uh, he goes up into like a spooky treehouse mansion and there's pumpkins and for Cat there's living carrots that are part of the Salad Liberation Front. Uh, those guys are pretty cool. There's just like these weird guys who are like, oh, property is theft, man. So it's it's, uh, it's a pretty funny game. It's got a lot of kind of inside jokes for adults like that. 
Uh, it was made by Ron Gilbert, who uh, of like Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island fame. He, so he made all these great games, like serious adventure games in the early 90s and late 80s. And then throughout the entire 90s, he just made all of these really excellent children's adventure games. Uh, Putt-Putt, Spy Fox, the Let's Explore series. And uh, I just love all of them. And Pajama Sam is one of them. Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that series, but you bring that up. And that obviously has ties to Costume Quest, which is one of my favorite games to play at Halloween time. And is an excellent family-friendly title, uh, despite what you might say, Tyler. Yeah, Costume Quest is a, a total pile of garbage uh, by Tim you? Schafer. It's it's one of those games, like, in the late 2000s when Double Fine was making all their games after Psychonauts, and I'm like, man, I really don't know if I like Double Fine games anymore. Costume Quest is right in there for me. What are you talking about? <laughs> did you did you take, like, three or four pills or something before this episode and went crazy? Like, what are you talking about? No, I just, I, I used to be all about Double Fine, and then they lost me with games like Costume Quest. I'm sorry. Did you even play the follow-up? No, I didn't even beat Costume Quest. I only played it for an oh. hour or two. It's a turn-based you know, RPG. It's the opposite of the kind of game I want to play. Psychonauts oh I love. It's a platformer, my favorite genre. Yeah, Psychonauts is an excellent game. And if no one's played Psychonauts, this isn't the episode to talk about it, but go play it. It's great. It's fantastic. PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, you've totally derailed me. I can't believe you just said that, you know, blasphemous nonsense that you don't like. I mean, Psychonauts, you kind of go into people's brains. That could be considered a horror game. I mean, it's so weird. I don't even know if it's child appropriate, though. It, Of course it is. It's the best. That's like the kind of games that kids should play. Toughens them up a little bit. Makes them think. That's true. What do you got, Johnny? What's your next one? I'm going to move over to a game that we're we're going to go into better depths in this on the next episode, uh, because it is a huge property. It's Scooby-Doo. You guys know Scooby-Doo? You've, you've maybe heard? Of course. Yeah. I've heard of it. So this is specifically the Scooby-Doo Mysteries, and it's one of those rare cases where the Genesis and the Super Nintendo version are basically the same, and they're even both made by Sunsoft. So, cool. And it's like a point-and-click adventure. It's pretty fun. For Super Nintendo games, it's relatively cheap. And then, weirdly, we found out Genesis wise, it's one of the more expensive ones on Genesis. It's like can be a fifty plus dollar game on Genesis Complete. Yeah, like seventy five dollars. I think the last one sold for eighty five dollars. Because I, I I see this every time I walk into the game store. There's a Super Nintendo copy. No matter what, any game store I walk into, I see Scooby Doo Mystery, and it's like nine dollars. So I did not expect the Genesis version to be seventy five dollars. Yeah, and I don't want to go too much into it because we we go over the the whole game kind of list in the next episode. But yeah, the Scooby-Doo titles are weird and like the way they came out and the cadence and everything. But this is a fun game. It, it's a legitimately a fun game. It's not too expensive, especially if you're doing the Super Nintendo route. Pick it up. It's pretty dirt common. And uh, I guess that brings us to your last game, Cat. Okay, so for my last one, in keeping uh, suit with everything adorable, I am picking Spirits and Spells or Castleween. Um, I haven't played this. I've heard about it. It is adorable. It's got adorable box art. I feel like it's almost sickeningly adorable. <laughs> I want to have it just because I think it would be a funny conversation piece to have. It's got two great titles, the, the PAL version and the American version. Spirits and Spells, Castleween... That sounds awesome. I want to know more about this. 
you're like, it's worth playing just to find out, right? I, I feel like I should have played this by now, honestly, and I never have. So I feel like I'm just going to have to get it, I, especially where it is October. I feel kind of bad not having played it. Well, good news on the GameCube, it's not very expensive, and it's even cheaper if you pick up Castleween on like the PlayStation 2. But it's not on the American PlayStation 2. It is like a GameCube US release only, and then in Europe, it's Castleween on the PS2. Or in Japan, it's, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like a Maui no pumpkin. So <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, you can. It's got excellent box art. I love everything about uh, the way whoa. Boxes excellent box. It. Okay, you're talking about it, the Japanese Game Boy game, right? Yeah, yeah, the Japanese Game Boy one. The uh, Castle Ween box in the PlayStation Two one is atrocious. Yeah, the second you guys told me there's a game called Castle Ween, I'm like, man, Castle Ween, I gotta own that just for the name of it. And then I look at it, and it's like that weird CG. Looks like it's definitely made in a computer look. It's just weird, cheap looking. Yeah, you know, game box art is pretty much always the worst when people try to represent what the game looks like in digital art on the box. When it's not the actual art from the game, it's like a representation of what they kind of try to fit it into. This is what the game does look like, but we're we're fudging it with a different program to make the art. It just looks bad. They always look bad. Like, Nintendo 64 was really bad about that stuff. I mean, the box art's your chance to show something that you can't do on the PS2, right? Right. Just, get, like, hook me. It's like the cover of the book. Just give me something nice to look at. Please don't... You don't... Like, sh- the back The back of the box is for what the game actually looks like. The front of it, make it interesting, please. Please. <laughs> you want to be drawn in when you look at it. Right. Okay. Look, if you're both ugly on the front and then ugly on the back, what am I supposed to do with you? I'm like, okay, I don't really want to play that. I'm not that <laughs> interested. That's fair. Right? It, it's like how I get by in life. I have to be interesting when I talk to people and kind of funny sometimes because my looks aren't selling it. That's that's not how I, it's being done. So, you know, you got to have one or the other. But if you're like not good to look at and then also not fun to talk to, avoid, right? Avoid. Well, that's why you started a podcast, because you do have the gift of gab, Johnny. Well, I've got a face for radio, so here I am. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Maybe I'll put up an Instagram poll, like those early 2000s Hot or Not polls. I don't know if any of you guys ever saw those. They were like all over the internet for a little while. They were ridiculous and uh, demeaning. And you're going to do that for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I expect everybody to hit not, because if you start to hit hot, like now I'm questioning your judgment pretty sure everyone's gonna hit hot (laughs) all right excellent well i know what tyler's picking so that's good okay tyler you got you got a last game for us i've I've got a second to last game for you i'm gonna blow your mind i've got four games here oh shit i have monster in my pocket for the nes and i was actually talking to a couple people about this game today and neither of them even realized that monster in my pocket was a franchise that existed in the early 90s so johnny yeah. do you actually remember monster in my pocket yeah it was a cartoon and toys it was i think there was a tv oh, series and only the pilot aired we looked it up because none of us had ever heard of it really but yeah monster no i mean I, I think i'm too young for it i was born in 89 i'm probably the youngest person listening to this podcast huh well, that's weird, because, yeah, no, I remember Monster in my pocket, and I don't know if that's just, like, transference, but uh, I remember it existing. No, I, I definitely remember it. John and I were talking about it the other day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they made a they made a kind of action platformer for the NES, and it kind of plays like Chippendale Rescue Rangers meets Kung Fu, because there's platforming, but it's kind of really really easy. And then all of the enemies just kind of come at you from both sides and walk straight towards you at a constant pace. So it's super easy to just punch them. And there's no power-ups, there's no nothing, you just walk forward and punch dudes. So it's it's not the most exciting game, but it, it's alright. Like Kung Fu? Kung Fu is really fun. I liked Kung Fu a lot when I was a kid. Even though it definitely was just one direction of enemies. Occasionally they came from behind. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the same appeal. And okay, then cool. uh, whoever Mr. X is in Monster in My Pocket, I think his name is just Warlock. Interesting. You know, I saw an, a good Instagram picture for Monster in My Pocket today, actually, now that you bring that up. And it was by Bowser King on Instagram, and he had Monster in My Pocket in his back pocket of his jeans, and the pocket was completely blown out so you could see the title. It was a good picture. I liked it. Anyways, ch- check it out. I think also something to note about the game is it's one of the few NES games that came with something that's not paper. So it actually came with a little rubber monster in my pocket figurine. And I think there were a few different colors because I know someone on Nintendo Age collected all the different colors. Hold on. What? Tell me more about this. I did yeah, not know Monster this. in my pocket, it came with a little rubber figurine. Because I, I remember I was tracking everything that was in NES boxes. And by tracking it, I mean someone put out a thing on GameFAQs of everything that's in NES boxes. And the only thing, there's like something that comes with 3D glasses, and then there's the monster in my pocket figurine, and like the Star Tropics letter. There's really not that much. Yeah, well, the 3D glasses is Rad Racer. Yeah. But really? yeah, oh, Johnny, you gotta go get that monster in my pocket figurine. Weirdly, monster in my pocket is one of those games that I thought was complete. Didn't have it. I had the box, and then when I opened the box, it didn't have the cart, so it turned into like one of the last 20 games I got for the NES. Because I thought I owned it for a long time. I did the same thing with Pac-Man until I figured out there were two Pac-Mans. Oh, yeah. See, like, I knew about the Monster in My Pocket toys. Yeah, I totally know these because I'm looking at it. But I didn't know it came with a toy. Oh, you learn something new every day. I I mean, Jesus, it even says it on the box. Man. (laughs) Oh, cool. Glad I didn't know about that. Free Monster in My Pocket in the box. Damn it, Tyler, you're costing me money. Man, now you gotta go find one, and now everyone who's listening to this is like, oh, I gotta go find one. Ah, uh, man, I'll just buy a generic one and throw it in there. And then I'll say, <laughs> and can... I'll claim, claim it's a new rare variant. I'll 3D print one for you. Excellent. All right, uh, that's that's a good pick. Uh, yeah, now I learned something, which I like. Cool. My last game is from the PAL territories, but you can play it on your Game Boy Color system here in America, and it's Baby Felix Halloween. And that game is fun. Even though I don't really like portables, this is a fun game. Basically, you're Felix the Cat, you are dressed as Indiana Jones, you go through a bunch of themed levels, you go through like a jungle, the Old West, you go to the moon. It's fun. It's just a a fun little platformer. You will love it, Tyler. It's not complicated, but it's fun. Is this licensed by Lucasfilm, or is this just like, I'm wearing a hat and I have a whip, who knows what I am? I'm Felix the Cat. Yeah, I don't know, but he definitely is dressed as Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the game looks cool. I think uh, I'm going to probably try to pick it up. Yeah. It, it's not too expensive, especially if you just buy the cart only. If you want the box, it's a little bit harder, because then you got your shipping overseas with that stupid box, and that becomes a pain in the ass. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's all I got. Cat, are you out of games, too? I am out. I just had three. All right. So, Tyler, you're going to have to bring us home with your fourth one. All right. 
I've got I've got one more, and we were thinking about not including it, and that is Dark Cavern on the twenty six hundred, which has horror themes, but it's on the Atari twenty six hundred, so it's not like inappropriate for children or anything like that. Why did we? Why were we thinking maybe we wouldn't talk about it? Oh, well, the Intellivision version, which is an excellent game, one of the only Intellivision games I would call excellent, is called Night Stalker, which is a really violent and creepy sounding name. Right. And uh, the name of like a serial killer and like some right. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly family friendly, but but Dark Cavern. Sure. Why not? I mean, you just play as a guy and you go around and you're shooting bats and spiders and robots. It's kind of like you're walking around a maze like Pac-Man. And then you have to pick up a gun that spawns every once in a while. And then you only get six shots. And the game plays really slow. So Pac-Man stresses me out because it's kind of a fast-paced game. But this game, you kind of can take your time and plot your path. So it's a, it's a cool game. Excellent. Good news, then. All right, I like it. Okay, so we're good to move on to the, the next side. Unless you have something to say about that, Kat? Nope. I'm good. You're good? All right. Cool. So, buying and playing. Kat, what have you bought, and what are you playing? Okay, so I decided that I didn't like any of the games I owned because that's a logical thing to do, and I was sitting in my bed and didn't want to get up, so I went on the Xbox store and uh, found an adventure-style game called Skylar and Pluck's Adventure on Clover Island, which I'm about an hour and a half into, and I've stuck with it an hour and a half, so in my books that means I'm actually enjoying it. Wow. Skylar and Plex? Is what this a is popular that? game? Johnny, have you heard of this? I have never heard of it. Tell us more about this game. What the hell is this? I'm trying to think of what I would compare it to. It's interesting. You're going through, you're collecting things to unlock these things, these little living things that are locked in, in uh, little cages. And um, it gets increasingly hard. It's a little bit of like problem solving to get to certain things. So you may have to do something to get to a certain place. I don't ever pay attention to the storyline. I just hit skip, skip, skip. So I couldn't tell you in that respect because I just want to play the game, not read a book. Weird. I have, Yeah, I've never heard of this. Is that based on anything or they just decided to name their game Skylar and Plex? You're going to have to look. I think it was originally, if I'm not wrong, I believe it was a PC game. Okay. Um, and then came to the Xbox store. I was just randomly going through everything looking for something I might want to play that was a little bit mindless, but that would still be fun. Something I could wind down at the end of the day. So I'm going to play some more of it tonight, um, and hopefully I'll have a little bit more information when I get into it. But I've enjoyed it so far. It's um, challenging enough. The controls are actually really good, so it's not any of those weird when you're jumping to another place or you know, you're trying to get somewhere and you're trying to go one way and the controller's taking you the other way. It does control really well. Cool. Uh, yeah. That I have never. I'm gonna have to go look at this. Yeah, it's on the Xbox Store. Um, it wasn't very expensive. I want to say it was maybe fourteen ninety nine or something like that. And there's all these different worlds that you're going through, or I guess like you're out in the wilderness, but nature levels or whatnot. So anyway, it's been good so far. Um, you know what? I would say if it was anything, like if I had to compare the gameplay to something else, it would be like maybe like Ratchet and Clank or uh, Jack and Daxter kind of gameplay, maybe. Huh. Okay. Weird. Uh, I'm totally surprised by this title. I've never heard of this. Yeah, I know. I didn't expect you to say something that we've just totally never heard of. That's cool. 
I'm trying to keep you on your toes. If you like that kind of, you know, 3D platform adventure kind of style game, it's cheap for $14.99. It's a good play. Like I said, I'm an hour and a half into it. And I'm, I'm pretty quick with those style of games because they're the style of games I like. And I still have quite a bit to play. So yeah, check it out. It's worth a buy if that's your type of game. It's fun, mindless, not super hard, but intriguing. Okay, awesome. So that's what you've played. Is that also what you've bought? Do you have anything else? Well, no, I did buy some other things. Yes, I I did buy that, obviously. I had to buy it before I could play it. I got a SNES Classic, obviously. That's kind of goes without saying. I got uh, Metroid Samus Returns for 3DS, and I got the Dragon Ball game for Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, some good titles there. Not Dragon Ball, but the other ones. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. Uh, oh, come on. What? Dragon Ball? Blah. I've fallen down the Dragon Ball hole of watching Dragon Ball, which has led to playing Dragon Ball games, so it's it's a slippery slope. Okay, well, tell us more about your Dragon Ball adventures later. Yeah, all right. I'm curious to know. All right, so Tyler, what are you buying and playing? Uh, well, last week, or two weeks ago, or however long ago it was, I said I bought Ninja Ryukenden 3 on the Famicom, which is Ninja Gaiden 3, uh, yeah. but much, much, much easier uh, and I've been playing Ninja Gaiden 3 nonstop since then. I've probably beat it 15 or 20 times now. It's become one of my favorite games of all time. I just absolutely love this game. Oh, cool. Yeah, so the the Famicom version is like the Chippendale version of Ninja Gaiden. It's super easy. So some of the changes are everything deals double damage. There's probably about twice as many enemies in the U.S. version. When you die in the U.S. version, you don't restart on the same screen. You restart the entire level over. And then enemies and power-ups have been changed to be harder harder enemies and less useful power-ups. So I'm just so why do we always get this guff that American games are always easier and they always send easier stuff over to us when they, like, totally trolled us with Ninja Gaiden? I thought we always got the harder version of stuff, didn't we? I think in no. Castlevania 3, I remember the same thing happened. If you really? die in Dracula, in Castlevania 3, it just starts you over at Dracula like the other Castlevania games. But in our version, you restart the last level over again. Maybe it's just an RPG thing, because every RPG, they the Japanese always like tone it down. They're like, oh, those Americans, they suck at games. Let's make it easier for them. Well, I mean, RPGs don't have any skill involved, so hey, less grinding for me. That's not yeah. true. No, you go you go tell me RPGs have skill involved. I'll just grind Done. for 45 more minutes. Oh, well, if that's your only that's your what, only is, tactic. Is every yeah. RPG a speedrun? Is that it? No, not every, but it does like there are strategy elements to games. You're crazy. I know. I know. Not my genre. Yeah. So get out of here. Garbage talker. Get out. <laughs> So yeah, I've been playing just a, a ton of that game. It's it's all memorization. There's no improvisation. So a lot of people say that game is just super hard and unforgiving because it does have kind of an unfair limited continues. It it sends you back really often. Uh, but once you can beat it, I'd say it's probably the easiest Ninja Gaiden game. Well, I, I I mean I beat all three of them as a kid. So how hard could it be? Yeah. And then uh, I've also been playing Castlevania games, so I, I played through Castlevania 3 on the Alucard path. That game's hard as hell. I, that's definitely the hardest game I've played in a very long time. I, I mean, I think people can run through that game in an hour or two. It probably took me around five hours to beat that game. Yeah, Castlevania 3 is, I think, one of the harder ones, for sure. Just, like, especially of, like, the classic Castlevania experiences. Yeah, and it's got, on the Alucard path, there's 
the block seven, I think it is, which is the level with all the falling blocks and dripping water. And there's so much time where you're just waiting and it's just the worst. But I mean, other than that, that's obviously a great game. The where I get stuck is when you take the outside path and you get like, like through the clock tower and then you get outside of it. And like, it's like the pinkish block area when you're going scaling up the side of the castle. That's where I always get some trouble. It probably doesn't take you five hours to beat the game, though. No, no. Because you're a much bigger Castlevania fan than me. Yeah, but I haven't... Look, Castlevania 3 is one of those games that I kind of got through and was happy to put it down. It's the Castlevania I return to the least. Well, I've also been playing a Castlevania you've probably returned to even less, which is Castlevania 64, uh, which I just started. Oh, yeah, never mind. I, I... I modify my current state, my my previous statement, and make Castlevania 64 and Legacy of Darkness my least returned Castlevania games. Everyone really hates on these games. I mean, they're not great, but I don't think they're that bad. I mean, they got action, they got platforming, and they got some adventure elements, and the camera is the worst thing ever, but... I I mean, I'm trying to... (laughs) As I'm defending it, I'm like, stop saying this game's good, this game's not that good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how the rest of the world feels. In fact, it was so bad they tried, they did a do-over with Legacy of Darkness, and it still wasn't good. I, d- I didn't know which version to play because I didn't know if Legacy I should play Legacy or I want the original Castlevania '64 experience though. Oh, the one that was so bad that they remade it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was a boss fight where I did. I just found a corner because e- you're useless. So I found a corner and I just faced the camera and started whipping towards the camera and I couldn't see what was going on. But eventually, I just beat the boss. Oh, good. Strong tactics. Good yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like I feel bad bashing it because I am having fun, but I just kind of started it. Look, you can like bad games. That's you can have fun with bad games. That's a thing that happens. That's true. So I, uh, oh no, you didn't tell us what you bought. What'd you buy? I got a bunch of real cool stuff. So uh, I got the two Bible games on Game Boy. I got Niv Bible and King James Bible, which are kind of hard to find, especially uh, Niv Bible. Is it NIV Bible? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I say Niv, but it's probably NIV. Okay. But that game is one of these games that kind of had a bunch of leftover sealed stock. So whenever they come up, there's a lot of sealed ones that people want like $1,500 for on eBay. So I was happy to finally find a cartridge only of that because I don't care about the box. Because cardboard boxes are bullshit. And maybe we can talk about that one day, Johnny. Sure. Sure. We can <laughs> we can get into that discussion as and I buy the, my cardboard boxes. The, the real big thing I got was uh, Daytona USA Netlink Edition on Saturn, which is probably the rarest Saturn game. And if one thing that I can say Johnny doesn't have is I have the little black and white insert manual, which I know you don't have. That is and there's cool. not a lot of things I can say that I have that you don't. So that's kind of cool. Well, you've got all those PC games. You know what? PC games are cool. Uh, you got okay, so... Pajama Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what was weird? I didn't hear, like, Cat at all like come in to back you up there, so... Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying out of this. You two can fight your own. You battles. know, I'm talking about two Castlevania games and cats over there. Like, my name's Cat Sylvania, but Castlevania games, eh, who cares about those? Well, especially the ones you. Well, look, you're talking about Legacy of Darkness and Castlevania 64, which your game should not be really talked about. Can you oh, blame her? Castlevania 3. Well, that's fine. Oh, I'm just sitting back enjoying the back and forth because I'm finding it hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, there, I mean. I don't want to have a back and forth about this. In fact, he's got no leg to stand on, so we'll just move on. 
Well, Johnny, tell us about what boring RPGs you're playing and what cardboard boxes you've bought recently. You act like I have enough time to play an RPG right now. I wish I had the time to play an RPG. That sounds magnificent. Uh, But I don't. So, anyways, what am I playing? I bought Cuphead, so I've been playing some Cuphead. That game looks real good. Is it as good as it looks? It is. It is fun. It, I'm not very far into it because I literally started playing this morning. Oh. I've played for about 30 minutes. I had to wait for the stupid thing to download, and my internet was being dumb. So that wasn't great. Cat, you should check out Cuphead. I think you will enjoy it at least aesthetically. Okay. And I've been playing Metroid. Obviously, the the new one released. I yes. I've been enjoying that quite a bit. I mean, new, old. You know, it's a remake, so it's not like. You're like, what is this Metroid we've never heard of? But you can't go wrong. No, you absolutely cannot. It's Metroid. And, I mean, it is it is good enough that I'm playing a portable system, and I was traveling, so that was good, so I had something to take with me on the plane, and I was doing that. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. And I haven't picked my Halloween game yet. Like, I, I thought it was going to be Bloodborne, and Bloodborne's all right. I'm just, I can't fall in love with it. I keep trying, but I'm just like, eh, it just maybe feels a little too grindy for me. Um, but people say it gets so much better as you keep playing, and I just haven't hit that point yet. So I'm trying to decide on my Halloween game for the year. But I, I better pick it soon, or I won't have time to play it. That's true. Yeah, and what did I buy? Okay, so I bought a couple of things. Just a few. I bought a couple of Scooby-Doo games, you know, because that's how I am. By that, I mean I bought like five of them. And, yeah, look, there's plenty to get. I bought the Adams Family, and if you are paying attention on the home game, you'll hear that I already bought Adams Family for the Turbo Graphics. But then I found a really good price on one with the outer cardboard box that Tyler loves so much. So I bought that one. So now I have a an extra, just a case and disc only. Um, I think I've got like twelve Turbo Graphics games over there, and they are all just in beautiful cases, no boxes. Yeah. Well, I've got Adams Family if you need it. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, bought that, and the big thing that I bought was Bonk 3, the Hue card version for TurboGrafx, with no box, just the uh, just the case and manual, and Hue card. Cool. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's what I spent my money on, and, uh, oh, I got the Super Nintendo Classic, which I... I have not had enough time to plug in and even check out yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I keep checking to see when the hack is going to be like official rather than these ones that require python scripting which isn't really a problem i just don't want don't feel like putting that much effort into it so yeah i'm I'm waiting but lots of good stuff coming up yep i got a super nintendo classic too i think it's it's pretty obvious that all of us wanted that i'm pretty excited to play star fox 2 on that because i hear that the because of some weird thing with how donor boards work and the fx chip the emulated copy actually is more authentic than playing a reproduction cartridge so oh that is interesting yeah well and also the other copies of star fox 2 that were out before this because you could play star fox 2 before this was released obviously but that was a beta version so and the beta to this completed one they are also different so i find that interesting yeah i mean i think people have already ripped off the the rom and they're already making repros of the new rom Oh, they are, and they're scavenging boards, as you talked about, from, um, what is it, yeah. Stunt Racer FX? Stunt Racer went from, like, $7 to $14 in a month because people are just killing the carts to make Star Fox 2. Poor Stunt Racer FX. Yeah, that's a shame. That I hate when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. 
All right, that's uh, that's all I got. Cat, you got anything else? No, that's it. All right, Tyler. No, I'm good. Parting shots. All right. Well, then let's close the doors there. Look forward to the Scooby-Doo microcast coming up uh, the week after this episode. Um, yeah, that's all we got. Take it easy. Have a good October, and be sure to be letting us know what you're playing for October. If you're not participating in the hashtag Halloween Gaming 2017, please do that. Show us your Halloween gaming. You don't have to gussy up the pictures uh, with props and everything like other people do. Just show us what you like to play during this month. That's all I want to see. I want to see all the Halloween games. So show them to me. Please tag me. Please do that as well. And uh, yeah. Kat, where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me on Instagram at CatSylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And Tyler? I'm Default Jen. That's Default G-E-N. And I'm Johnny Ayuchi. That's Johnny underscore I-U-C-C-I on Instagram. Thanks much. Talk to you soon.